Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service. The December people, whoop, whoop. yeah, we're some December people here. It's an exciting month. Champions are birthed and were birthed in December. I'm in December in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, and yes, thank you so much to everybody who has helped throughout the week um, in preparing. There will be more decorations and things as the next couple weeks go by. I just want to say, ladies, you do not want to miss the gala. It is this Saturday. Look at somebody and say Saturday. You can't wait till next Sunday. It's this Saturday, okay? Um, and we really need your help. If you can bring a dessert or you can help with the table, I need you to register at the Welcome Center right after service, okay? But ladies, this is a time, men, this is a time when we invite our community members to join us. So we have a lot of festivities planned to make it a fun celebration. You see, I think sometimes Christmas and special holidays can be a little bit emotional for people if they're away from their family, if they've had some kind of sadness in their life. But I want you to know that Christmas, December, is the month when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. There is nothing sad about that. Look at somebody and say, I'm happy about Jesus. I'm happy about Jesus. And so I want you to be happy this morning as we begin our message for this month, Champions Are Birthed. Champions Are Birthed. We are going to look at, again, at Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Um, I never know for sure, Pastor Rick and I don't tell anyone who's, who prays over the offering what to say. The fact that Nasha reiterated Luke 2.10, we've said it already. I believe the Lord is really saying this verse to us for this day. But the angel said to them, we're the them. <laughs> we're the them. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. No fear. No anxiety. No worries about tomorrow. Okay, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Somebody say great joy. Great joy, great joy for all the people. That's for you too, all the people. So we praise God for all the people. Now, I want you to think about this theme of champions being birthed. You see the picture there. Baby Jesus being born as a, as a baby and laid in a manger. Next week, the children are going to practice and the, and the men are going to sing in the service. And the following week, the kids and the choir are going to do special music because we believe it is a time for great joy for all the people. Birthing involves a lot of people. As Jesus was being birthed, I want you to think about this. As Jesus was being birthed, our miracles for our lives were being birthed. Your miracle was being birthed. God's plan unfolding started when Jesus came to this earth. The Bible says before he even knew you, before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you and formed you and had a plan. So your destiny was being birthed. 
Your forgiveness was being birthed. Destiny that would bring great joy to all the people. This morning, we come into God's house. Many times we come uh, probably out of obligation. It's Sunday and I'm supposed to go to church. But I hope that you come because you want to worship Jesus. Because you want to give back to him praise for being with you this week. Thanksgiving for watching over you this year. And your life entrusted to him for the coming weeks and months. So as we do that, we recognize that our destiny is in the hands of the one who birthed a miracle. There was a great cloud of witnesses in that birth, in that first birth. Angels and shepherds and a heavenly choir. That's probably why we like music so much around here. John the Baptist and Simeon. Anna and the wise men, Joseph and Mary, the innkeeper and Herod. Some of those witnesses were good. Some of those witnesses were not so good. Who are the witnesses in your life? Who are the witnesses in our life? You see, living for Christ, living for Christ means that I'm aware that it's not me by myself. My decisions and my choices are not just for me and my family. I'm aware of the witnesses that surround the birth that God is bringing forth. And I'm asking you this morning to be aware, to say, God, I'm tempted to do this. I'm tempted to do that. But wait, wait, there is a great cloud of witnesses. Who are your witnesses? I want you to think about that for a minute. You might first think of family. Some of you might first think of the people here because this is your family. But you also see people out on the street that are your witnesses. They watch. They see. My brother Raphael, who's sitting here. Raphael, I don't know if you're aware of this, but as you have grown in Jesus, your neighbors have said to me, Raphael is different. Jesus makes a difference in Raphael's life. Can you wave at me, brother Raphael? Yeah, just wave at me. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that awesome that a a crowd of witnesses is noticing that something is changing in a man as he allows Jesus to change him? I'm saying to you, who are your witnesses? What victories have you witnessed this year? I believe we have all witnessed some victories. I know I have. Praise God, I have. I'll tell you what. Two weeks ago, we needed a divine miracle in our family, and God was there. What our victories do for us is they fuel, they give us fuel for the valley. Our victories give us fuel for the valley experiences that we go through. And I'm asking you, what is Jesus birthing in you in this coming year? I'm excited. We have a year-end video that's about finished, and we will play that at the end of the year and at the beginning of the year to celebrate all that has been birthed in many throughout this year, but we are also very excited. As you know, we will unveil a new theme in January. We already know where God is taking us and how he's going to do it, and we can't wait to talk more about that as well because the victory fuels us for each day of our lives. You are going to need the fuel from Jesus to burn bright. You are going to need the fuel from Jesus to burn bright. This world 
is really good at putting out our light, isn't it? Dimming it, turning it down. You shine bright and then someone notices and then you like shrink back. Or, or maybe sometimes we're afraid to shine bright because what if I fail? And so it's better if I'm just dull. Can I tell you it's not better? What is good is to say, Jesus, you're in me. You're changing me. I will shine brightly for you. I will not let this world dim the light of God's love. This morning, I want us to look at Psalms 107. We're going to read most of the, of the verse, but 1 through 43 specifically. And I'm not exactly sure how it's all going to play out on the slides. But there comes a point where it says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for all mankind. Every time we get to that part, I want you to say it with me if, if you can see it and you're, you're hearing it, okay? So it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. If you have your Bible, you can look at Psalm 107 too as well. I know it's going to be up there, but give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from east and west, from north and south, some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Let them... Do we have it? Let them give thanks. Let's say it together. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for all mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. See, if he's wanting to birth something in you, you cannot despise the plans of the Most High. We've walked through our share of valleys in our life, but I know how God takes that and uses it for his glory. So I don't despise the steps that God orders for my life. Next one. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord, say it, for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. Say healed them. He rescued them. He rescued them from his grave. Sometimes you feel like you're about in the grave. Maybe a financial grave, a work grave. But I want you to know this morning, he is here to rescue you from the grave. Let them, let's say it together. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. 
They mounted up to heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards, and they were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Do you see this recurring theme in this chapter? They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. Do you have a storm raging? Do you know he can still it to a whisper? It might still be there, but it's nothing compared to the victories he has. He stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. There are times when we have to look at our storm and say, be quiet in Jesus' name. Be quiet in Jesus' name. Sickness, be quiet in Jesus' name. Poverty, be quiet in Jesus' name. Fear and anxiety, hushed in Jesus' name. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven together. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned the desert into pools of water. I mean, do you understand how valuable God's word is? Did you ever feel like you're in a desert, dried up, parched, thirsty? He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. Mm. There he brought the hungry to live and they founded a city where they could settle. For those of you that live in this place, I want you to know God has given you a city where you can settle. This is a place that I call home. I have many homes now, but when I come, when I go away and I come back, I say, I'm home. This is a city where God wants you to settle, where in your spirit, there have been times of unrest and God is saying to you, I want you to settle in. Trust me for the moment. Trust me for this season. Be glad because I'm going to quench the thirst in your soul. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. I believe that this is prophetic for all of us and for our church as well. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them and their numbers greatly increased. And he did not let their herds diminish. Wouldn't that be awesome that your your bank account is your herds? It doesn't diminish. Somehow you paid all the bills last month and it feels like it diminished. And then this month you have enough money to pay the bills again. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God working. That's Jehovah Jireh working on our behalf. He lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. I'm excited when God increases our family here. As we said, there are many times when the college students are coming and going, university students and global professionals that are transferring, and I love the coming, I don't like the going. But he promises that the upright would see and rejoice, and all the wicked would shut their mouths. You know, when someone tries to speak evil against you and you walk in the upright standing of God, he has a way of shutting their mouths, amen? He shuts it. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. 
So there is a process for new birth. I have just a few points that I want to give you this morning because I want you to understand as we continue and finish this year that champions rise. I know that as we go into a new season, we will have a new tagline, a new thing that we want to resonate with you. But I believe that many of you will never forget the year of the champion. That you will carry it with you. That when something comes against you, you will know, I am a champion. I and my destiny has been birthed in and through the love of Jesus Christ in my life. So in this process for new birth, we have to look at a few things. A seed must be planted. A seed just thrown out there with no soil to put it in and no one to tend it and no place to protect it is going to get lost and wasted. A seed must be planted. So if you want God to bless you, it's important that you plant yourself. We're, many of us are here, we know, for seasons of time. Some of us are here for, for a very, very long time, for our whole lives. But for a seed to grow, it must be planted. So I am challenging you. That if you are not planted in, good, in a good house of faith, you need to do that. You need to plant yourself. If you're going, come, if you're here, this is a good house of faith. It's a good house of God's word. But I also want you to know as you go, you must plant yourself in that place where God can grow his word in you. You also must plant your seed in faith. If you don't believe it, Ask the Lord to give you a measure. The Bible says a mustard seed, a little tiny mustard seed can move a mountain. So plant your seed in faith that God this year is going to be more productive, more blessed, more adventuresome than even the past year. And through it, God is going to get the glory. Amen? The second thing is that your seed must grow. If something is going to birth, Jesus was implanted by the Holy Spirit into the womb of Mary, but he began to grow even in that womb. And then he came to this earth and he continued to grow in the process of God's ultimate redemption plan. So God wants you to grow. He wants your seed to grow. And to grow, you must be in his word. As we have said many times, I especially have uh, mentioned with our women in, in various things, I could give you lots of presents. I love presents. There'll be lots of presents on Saturday. But the most valuable present I could ever give you is to say, love the word of God. You have it. You, if you don't have it, we have it for you. In any language you want, we can get it for you. But you can get it on your phone, on your technology. You've got to read the Word of God. And when you read it, your seed begins to grow. I mean, just reading that Psalm 107, doesn't that make your spirit come alive? That he's going to bring freshness and he's going to hush the seas and he's going to bring water to flourish my desert? Read the Word of God. Your seed will be fertilized to grow when you do that. Not just a wimpy little seed that grows one tiny little stalk, but a seed that magnifies itself, that multiplies itself. You must stay attached at the root in order to grow. You must stay attached at the root in order to go. It is not enough to come to church on Sunday. It's not. 
You have to stay attached to the word of God. You have to stay attached to the foundation of your life. Can you say Jesus? Come on, you can do it better than that. Jesus. Jesus. You can all say Jesus. In any language, you can all say Jesus. Amen? The Bible says at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. You are going to stay attached to the root that God has given to you, that God is implanting in you, even if all you can do is say Jesus. That's a beginning. You can begin to read the Word of God. If you don't like to read the YouVersion app, if you have a phone, the YouVersion app, and there's another one too somebody showed me, will actually read it to you out loud. So it's like having a bedtime story. You just lay down and turn it on and somebody reads you a story from the Word of God. But you must stay attached at the root. Another thing that has to happen for the seed to grow is pruning. Clipping, pruning. We don't like that part so much, do we? I don't. I have this beautiful olive tree at my house, and I don't know how to harvest the olives. If somebody knows that, you can tell me later. But, um, but the gardener of the condominium, he comes along at different seasons and prunes it. And when it's overflowing and it doesn't produce, he has to prune it. And at first when he prunes it, I'm like, oh, my goodness, he cut the tree down. And do you know within just a few weeks, it's flourishing again and the fruit is back on there and it's really amazing? I want you to know that when God prunes us, he corrects us. He corrects us. I'm thankful for a grandmother that many of you know about that went to be with Jesus at 101 that I spent most every summer with. She corrected me a lot. I'm thankful that even though I lost my mother at 15, she corrected me. And I still hear those words of correction in things that I need to make sure I'm trusting the Lord in. Really amazing to me that one of the things my mother gave to me was the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, make me an instrument of thy peace. And she didn't know that I would be in Italy where St. Francis is, or his chapel is, and the, the word is proclaimed there. Valuable prayers. But we must be willing to be pruned. We must stay teachable. We must stay teachable. I am always learning. I am always having to say, how could I do it better? How could I, how could I expand my knowledge? So the seed must be willing to accept the growth. I also want to say to you this morning that if you're going to be birthed, you have to understand the seed soil is often dark. Mm. The seed's soil is often dark. The soil or foundation where the seed begins to germinate is often very deep and dark and even isolated at times. But if you will take his word into your valleys and take it to your mountaintops, your seed will grow. You see, we expect this good news to just be good news 24-7, every minute of every day. And then when there's some bad news, we get frustrated. We say, never mind, God, it's not good enough for me. Don't you imagine that hurts the heart of our father? I know how much I love my three daughters. It would devastate me if they said, Mom, you disappointed me. You didn't do what I asked you to do. I'm done with you. Now, I will tell you, I know that there are people in this room that perhaps someone you loved, someone you cared about, has given that signal to you. But today, I want you to know, God says, I accept you. I love you. 
I'm your father and you're my daughter. You're my son. And you could be the beginning generation for your family. We talked about lineage as we studied Esther in November. And I want you to know that God wants you to begin the journey for someone else coming behind you. That great cloud of witnesses. When we talk about the seed, we think about the expressions of God when he birthed something. When he birthed something. He sent his message in the Old Testament in John the Baptist. He sent his son, and we celebrate the coming of Jesus during this month especially. He sent his Holy Spirit when Jesus ascended into heaven to convict us and to equip us. The Holy Spirit convicts us and equips us. He gives us the power to live our life in abundance, to let that seed birth something in you in a new way. Now, I'm excited, sort of, to say that, yes, I'm having a birthday, so praise God for birthdays. Not so excited about the age thing, so we'll just kind of keep that on the down low. But we have to remember, I can honestly tell you that... uh, I'm not 20, in case you're surprised, and I'm not 30, Um, but no matter what decade you're entering, God has new things for you. No matter what decade you're at, God has new things for you. No matter how long you've been at the job you're at right now, God has new things for you in the coming weeks and months. He wants to birth something in us. And so when I understand that, I know that My loyalty to God is based on my sowing the seed of my life. My loyalty to God is based on me sowing the seed in my life for Jesus, not on the soil in which I sow. Now, that's interesting to me because we think we have to sow in good soil, and yes, we do. But sometimes God puts us in a place. Think about the farmers. I wonder if there were ever any farmers who inherited land that was not producing. And then they began to figure out how to make the land produce. They tilled it. They plowed it. They sowed one crop, and then they tore that crop up and put another crop in. We lived by an apple orchard, and I know that, like, every two years, they literally, like, moved the crop around. They would still be the trees, But they wouldn't always flourish in the same section of the apple farm as the farmer did certain things to make sure that the soil was continually being turned over and fresh. And so this was a statement that was given to us um, this summer, actually, when we were in a missionary training, that sometimes we have a propensity to avoid adversity. Sometimes we have an inclination, a desire to avoid adversity. And so we think we need to modify our seed because it's too hard or it's too difficult. And I want to say to you this morning that in those moments when it feels the most difficult, the most challenging, don't quit. Don't stop. God has a plan. And in those moments, it doesn't really matter the soil. In those moments, what matters is I'm the seed that God planted in this work, in this job, in this community, in this neighborhood, in this school for my kids or myself, and I'm supposed to grow out of this seed, out of this soil. Don't ever stop growing. Don't ever stop sowing because of the condition of the soil around you. You are responsible for what you do. 
You are. I mean, I could say, you know, oh, I wish there was all these other people. They should do all these other things. And it would be so much easier if more people did more things. But God isn't going to ask me, what did all the more people do? When I stand before him face to face, he's going to say, what did you do? What did you do with the seed I was trying to birth in you? And I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I also want you to know that then the seed begins to break through. This is where champions are birthed. How many of you have ever had a moment when you were sowing something and you begin to see a breakthrough? Let me see your hands. You were sowing something and you begin to keep them up for a minute. Okay, look around, look around. See, it's not just me. We've all had a breakthrough. Many of us have had a breakthrough. If you haven't had a breakthrough yet, hold on, it's coming. I believe it. I believe God has given me a word for you even this morning. We want your seed to give birth. And if you want your seed to give birth, then you also have to be bring others with you. You have to. Because seed doesn't grow by itself. It needs a farmer and a plower and a tiller and a reaper and a seller of the produce. It needs a lot of things, right? So we have to recognize, God, you didn't put me on this earth by myself. Believe me. It's better when we do things together. We're stronger that way. The influence of your seed is going to be expanded in the coming year. I believe God is giving me these statements for you. The influence of the seed is expanded, and a great cloud of witnesses will rise up. This is the season of gifts. God gave us his greatest gift. He gave Jesus as a baby in a birthing miracle. And he gave him as a savior in a resurrection miracle that changed the eternal destiny of all who believe. Of all who believe. If you don't believe in Jesus, I can't guarantee your destiny. But if you believe in Jesus, and if you say, Jesus, you're in charge of my life, I can guarantee you that you will one day stand before the Father and he will say, I know your name. I heard your prayers. I watched you sow. Come on in. I'm so proud of you. You did not give up. I've got good news that will bring great joy. Say great joy. Uh, We do something in the prayer room, and I wish I had a big mirror. I'm going to need to find a new uh, illustration for this. Okay, so imagine that you're looking at yourself in the mirror right now. Maybe you have to look like this. I don't know. But imagine that you're looking at yourself in the mirror right now. I love all of you so much, but some of you, I cannot see your teeth. You have teeth. I know you do. When I see your teeth, it means you're smiling. It means that you have great joy. It's a great encouragement when someone smiles at you. It's a great encouragement when someone smiles at me. God wants to give you great joy. Isn't it amazing that in the midst of things that can be so stressful, God can give you great joy? He can give you great joy. We had several different, Pastor Rick is still abroad ministering to family members, and um, I'm careful of what all we're putting on camera now, but I want you to know that even in the midst of moments in the hospital for multiple family members while I was gone, And seeing God be in the process of healing and doing a miracle, I can tell you that there was great joy. 
It was great joy. I had little grandkids running around me for a couple days, and I'll take a couple days over longer. Um, But we shouldn't feel guilty for having great joy in the midst of great difficulty. Because that is what Jesus does for us. He says, I know it's difficult. And I've sent the Holy Spirit to give you comfort and to give you strength. But in the midst of it, I still want you to have great joy. I love it when someone comes to me and says, Pastor Jen, my prayer got answered. I am so excited. That gives me great joy. Can you imagine what would happen if you were bold enough to take champion's care from November and say, God, you're birthing something in me, and I am going to boldly, even though you might not say it as loud as I do or Pastor Rick does, you sit on a bus by somebody and you say to them, God loves you. God loves you. Maybe I was supposed to ride this bus today just to tell you that Jesus came to this earth. He's real and he loves you. That seed would be birthing in your life. And this place would not be able to contain us. And we can go to multiple services and we will do more. We are going to assess all that has been happening over the last couple months from Sunday night service to to what is God saying to us for the coming year. But I want you to know you have got to birth something in you, in your community, in your neighborhood, with the people that you know. Has God been good to you? I see some of you nodding your head. Then bring somebody with you. Do you get filled up when you're in this house? Then bring somebody with you. Tell them, come and celebrate and watch their life unfold. I've got good news. And this is what I believe the Lord gave me for you today. There is a promise for the birthing seed. This is your promise for the birthing seed. I want you to know that I believe the Lord has spoken to me and said, your seed is fertile, meaning it will grow. It will bloom. Those things that you have planted, that you've called on God to do, your seed is fertile. Do not walk away from it. Your seed is fertile. Your seed requires your participation. This will not happen with you sitting on the sideline waiting for it to happen. Your seed requires your participation. Your birthing process of a new miracle, of the healing happening in your family, requires you to also participate, requires you to also modify and change and be pruned and say, God, you're going to help me do things in a new way, in a different way. Your seed requires your participation. I believe that God is saying this for you as individuals as well as for our church and our body. Your seed will bring increase. Anybody need increase in their life? Yes, we need increase in our lives in so many ways. And I believe if you will sow, you will birth increase. Your seed will multiply in a process of time. What you see now is just the tip of the iceberg. What you see now is just the tip of the iceberg. Over a process of time, God is going to do something amazing in your life. Your seed, your seed, your seed, your seed, your seed has God's promises written all over it. He knows your name. Massimo, he knows your name. He knows how you're going to flourish. He knows it. He has a promise for you. He has a promise for you. 
And your seed is going to flourish. Your ministry is going to flourish. Your anointing is going to flourish. See, we're all ministers of the gospel. No matter where we stand on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Saturday or Friday night, we're all ministers of the gospel. You minister to your family. Don't minister to your family out of begrudging obligation. Minister to your family because you love Jesus. You thought I was going to say because you love them. Minister to your family because you love Jesus. Pastor Rick always tells stories on me. So in case he's watching, I'm not going to tell this whole story, maybe. But uh, maybe I will. So I want you to understand that you minister out of your love for Jesus. So we had just gotten married, and he was the firstborn of five, and his mom is amazing and took great care of him, but he was used to his mom taking great care of him. And we're in our house, and I noticed that, you know, at the end of the day, there was clothes here and clothes there and things here and things there, and I was like, I'm not your mama. (laughs) I might be the baby mama later, but I am the wife. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I'm so thankful he did. And the Holy Spirit said to me, all those things could be laying somewhere else. He chose to lay them in your house, in this relationship. And I began to do my household chores and my wifely duties. And literally, I do love to clean and make things all, you know, you guys know me. I'm always cleaning out closets and moving things. But it wasn't as unto him anymore. I was doing what God asked me to do because of my love for Jesus. And my love for my husband flourished as a result. The birthing of that love began to come in a new and a fresh way, in a more mature way. But I did it because I loved Jesus. You see, when you do things because you love people and humans, sometimes they let us down. And so then you say, I'm not doing it anymore. But if you do it because you love Jesus then no human can stop that from happening. You might change your address. You might get your work paycheck from a different place. But you will always shine brightly as you do it for the one whom you serve. So I want you to remember this passage that we read this morning in Psalms 107 that said, They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. Some of you have been doing your studies. You're sowing for a vineyard that's going to reap a mighty harvest. Don't don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. God is going to give you a reaping. And the numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Champions are birthed among a great cloud of witnesses. Luke chapter 2 verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. I want you to have great joy. If you have not laughed in the last couple weeks, I want you to smile. Smile. I know you laugh at me telling you funny things. You laugh at Pastor Rick telling you funny things. I want you to laugh this week, okay? Laugh at yourself. You you can even laugh at your coworkers, and they don't have to know you're laughing at them. You don't need to tell them I'm laughing at you, but you could just they'll say, what are you laughing about? Just say, the joy of Jesus. The joy of Jesus just makes me laugh. And they'll be like, what? What? I thought you were all stressed out in this meeting. This meeting's all intense. 
I understand that we face intense pressures. I, I applaud and respect each and every one of you, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, what great heroes of the faith you are if you are in this place and I've known you to know Jesus. But I don't want you to live your life stressed. You can live in stress and not let it stress you out. Now, that's kind of hard. But you can do it because he brings us good tidings of great joy that will be for all the people, not just the people who don't have stress. Great news for all the people, great joy. So everybody smile, practice smiling. Look at somebody and say, I got great joy. Amen. So today, today, I want you to know our king is offering you a gift It's a gift of eternal life and a gift of abundant life on this earth until he comes. Our king is offering eternal life. Eternal life. But he is also offering abundant life. He wants you to live a life of abundance. You can live a life of abundance on a little bit of money. Believe me, I know. But God is faithful. And the joy that comes, the life that comes. You know, um, sometimes people say, well, I'm not making my bed because I have to get back in it. Make your bed. Make your bed. Okay? Because when you walk in, it's like, oh, I got a new bed. Look at all this nice sheets and pillows. Right? I'm not cleaning up the kitchen because I'm just going to get it dirty again. Clean your kitchen. Okay, because then when you're going to have somebody come over and you're like, oh, you can't come over because I didn't clean my kitchen, I didn't make my bed, and you're going to see everything. Do those little things because when you live a life of abundant joy, God is there. Amen? God is there. He's with you because he is birthing something in you. He's birthing. He's brought you through some things. Patricia, wave your hand. Wave your hand. This precious lady was in the hospital for a long time. And now she's here, and we praise God for healing that's in the process. We thank God for that. I want you to know he wants to give you abundant life right now. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you that you are birthing something in each of us, that our seed will be fertile, that our seed and the things that we birth will expand. God, I thank you that we have your purposes written all over our lives. I thank you for the promise that those things that you have spoken over so many of us, that God, it's fertile and it will come to pass. You will bring a new anointing upon our lives to walk in abundance because you are birthing a championship mindset in each and every one of us. We thank you for the birth of Jesus, the champion the ultimate champion that defeated death, hell, and the grave. And Father, I ask you, I ask you right now to be with your people, those who have been afraid or anxious. Let them hear the word of the Lord that says, do not be afraid. Those who have had some perpetual sadness or perpetual stress and distress, let them know that you are bringing them good news with great joy so that the surrounding witnesses in their lives will recognize the birth of Jesus makes a difference. 
God, don't let us celebrate Jesus just at Christmas or just on December 25th or 24th or December 8th or December 6th. Help us to celebrate you on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday in the morning and in the afternoon and in the noontime. In that most stressful meeting we have coming up, help us to celebrate. Help us to walk in with a new sense of great joy over our lives. God, I know you're going to do some miracles this morning. I know you're in the process of healing. I know you're in the process of redeeming and restoring. I know you're in the process of hushing the wave, hushing the storm. Father, in Jesus' name, we tell these storms to cease. Sickness be still in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. I pray that you heard from God today. Today I want to say a prayer with you. You need to make sure Christ lives in your life. So would you please say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today that you're going to have a life change. Things are going to be incredibly different for your life, and we'd love to help you. So if you would go to our website, icfrome.org, and make contact with us, I'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church. Remember, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. Bless you.